before I dive into the word, I must talk to you about Honduras and Heart of the City Church in Honduras. I must. I think that everybody here should try to go visit Heart of the City Church, Honduras. And you're like, mm, you should go. I don't know how else to put it. Don Lynn, Debbie Lynn, Benaya, Emily, the team that we sent out is doing a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. We got to share Tuesday night at their church. They celebrate their gathering on Tuesday nights, and it was wonderful. Wednesday night, we shared with the youth and then took off to the Bardo. The Bardo is the poorest of the poor and probably the most dangerous in the country because it's, the, it's a whole nother level of poverty along the riverbank and went in there and Radine and I got to share the little church in there. Somebody say loud. loud. If you ever think that Heart of the City Church services is loud, <laughs> no, I got news for you. I, I mean, I'm an old rocker. I, I, my ears were bleeding. <laughs> in this little church. So anyway, you should just go check it out. You'd be like, wow, part of the city church, you guys are actually kind of quiet. What they're doing there is just so impactful to see Emily translate for Ray Dean and Don translate for me. And, uh, uh, you know, Benaya and his fiance are a dynamic duo. You wait and see what God does with that couple. We went to the orphanage, and it's just a wonderful thing. You know, we gave to the Heart of the City Church, gave the orphanage a couple of years back. Uh, they're on property right now that isn't theirs. They hope to build on land that they do own, and we help supply electric to that land. Well, it all, just, just think about what we can do here by the grace of God in, in America at Heart of the City Church. That electric also lit up a mountain village uh, just because we lit up that area, it went on into a mountain village and now a whole other group of people that we, we didn't even know about. They, I didn't even know what happened until we got there. They said that this mountain village now has electricity. Did you guys know that? You learned that while you were there. It was pretty cool. Uh, the, the kids are just so wonderful there and kind of a mom and dad that takes care of all these kids. And the village, we, uh, they hope to plant a church uh, not plant a church, build a church there in the village that they uh, minister in and out of. And so there's a lot of wonderful things going on in San Pedro Sula. Uh, Don and Debbie and Benaya and all, Emily, if you're listening, God bless you. I hope they listen to one of these gatherings because uh, God is just doing a wonderful, wonderful work uh, there in San Pedro Sula and that area, the Bardo village, the orphanage. And I, I just thank you for, uh, we've given, and some of you are giving monthly like to Don and Lynn, I think, and things like that. And, and uh, they're, they're, they are just doing great exploits there. I mean, it is wonderful to see, isn't it, sweetheart? I mean, it's just like so proud of them. So if you ever get an opportunity you should really be intentional in trying to go there and visit. You would be tremendously blessed, wouldn't they? How blessed would they be? 
more than you can even, seriously, I'm putting them on the spot, but once you've been there, and let me say this too, uh, I think since the first time we went there about two years ago in eight months, there's been a lot of upheaval in that nation, but I'm telling you, I think it feels way different and way better than the first time we visited, like massively. The church is making a difference there in that community, so... Pray with me. We're going to dive into the word right now. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that your presence is here. You're in Honduras and you're in Avondale, Arizona, and you're throughout the nations. And Father, you're right here, right here amongst us. You're all powerful, all knowing. You're everywhere. And we serve a great and mighty maker and creator. And we thank you. We thank you, Father, uh, that uh, you saved us and you're saving people. I pray you touch everyone here today by the power of your Holy Spirit and your word. So, Lord, we say, have your way. Transform us from the inside out. Even as we dive into this word uh, today, still in the area of disciplines, I just ask that you would speak to us as we keep first things first in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. say this with me, first things first. We're in a, a series right now called uh, I've Decided, and it's a series on disciplines. Say that with me, disciplines. The book that we've been going through is Celebration of Discipline. I still highly recommend. You could say, well, J.O., you know, I didn't buy it in the very beginning. It would still be very, very much a blessing to you if you bought it today and you read it at some point, and it's no joke. This book is absolutely amazing and very, very uh, powerful. Uh, today, we want to talk to you about keeping first things first, and I think that you'll know where we're going here in just a few minutes. Uh, disciplines are a doorway to your freedom. It's not actually bondage or loathing discipline. It's actually those who are disciplined are going to experience more freedom and liberties in life when you're not bound with this, you know, bondages and what have you. Uh, the doorway leads into a room. The room that I want to talk about just for a few minutes is making room or making a room for God in your life. More room for God in your life. More room for the ways of God in your life, for the Holy Spirit to work in and through uh, your life. That's the room that I'm talking about today. The purpose of disciplines is not to breed legalism in our lives. I, I'm going to hit on that a little bit because it would be very easy to set 10 disciplines in your life and you to get very legalistic. It can breed legalism whenever you're doing something and someone else may not be doing something and it can create legalism. That's not what this is all about. It's about creating life and freedom that you may know him, that you may uh, draw close to him, that we could be transformed from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we open up room in our heart for the Holy Spirit to move in and through us, to transform us, the inner man in us. So that's what discipline is really all about, is to know him and to walk in his ways, to draw close to him. I hope to cover two disciplines that the author speaks of in this book. It would almost bleed over into three. Two is already extremely stretching today. I want to talk to you about simplicity and solitude. Simplicity and solitude. Would you say simplicity with me? Simplicity. Would you say solitude with me? Solitude. 
I want to talk about those two today. The author begins one of the chapters on simplicity is freedom. Simplicity is freedom. And you may be thinking right now, simplicity and solitude, that is what, where, where, what is this about and where is this going? That is exactly why we're preaching it. Because simplicity to an American and solitude to American is so stinking foreign that it is absolutely out of this world. The world does not have a clue really what it come when it comes to simplicity and solitude. And we thought this is exactly why we need to talk about it. Sim simplicity begins with the inside of what's going on inside us. It can't begin on the outside because if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't begin to deal with us on the inside, even as I preach on this, even as you might decide to, to read the book on simplicity, even as you look at the life of Jesus and how he lived his life, if it is only on the outside, I want to let you know right now, it will breed and lead to deadly legalism when it's all on the outside. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to do something on our inside. Let me give you a little example. When you, when, 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 whenever I'm talking about legalism and discipline and, you know, how, how does that really breed into legalism? Let me, let me give you a little example. This last, um, I'm going to guess, last summer or so, I would say maybe last summer, you know, I, I talk to my wife and our leaders, and, and I, not, not that I have to do that, but I do, I do like to do that to get the multitude of counsel because I know what kind of tool it is in a very, very beautiful way. But I chose to uh, kind of get off, go MIA on Facebook and create a page that someone did for me. And the page, honestly, I haven't done anything with Facebook or really the page since I did that. I'm just like MIA. IA off of Facebook. Now, Facebook has a lot of beautiful, beautiful aspects to it. How many of you know that? Like right now, we're live Facebook. You can go live Facebook and you can hear the message and, and God can use it in such a tremendous way, talking to friends that you graduated with or, you know, family members and so forth, so on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But just for me, it was getting a little more cluttering, a bit drama, and um, I just wanted to reduce some of the stress, clutter, drama, maybe make my life a little more simple. Are you following me? Yeah. So I choose to get off of that, right? Now, if I, this is how it kind of ties this in with condemnation. If I started preaching a message today, and say, if you're on Facebook, you're going to hell on a grease pole. <laughs> that would be pretty condemning. And it would be wrong. It wouldn't even be right. God can use Facebook in a mighty way. But just because I choose to do something personally to simplify my life a little bit, to maybe take a little drama, a little clutter out of it, that's something that I did personally and I'm not asking anyone else to do that. Now, if the Holy Spirit has you do that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation you need to have with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? 
This is what I mean. If you choose a certain clothing that you want to wear every day and it unclutters your life, it simplifies your life, and you're like, this is the clothes that I want to wear. It's going to last a long time. I, I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, flashy or anything, and I choose to do this. And God tells you to do that, and you decide to do that, and it simplifies your life, so be it. But if you put that clothes on everybody else in the church, that could breed legalism. Uh, you say, I don't want to have a car. I, 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 I just don't want to. I want to simplify my life. I want to unclutter my life. I want to walk or ride a bicycle or call a taxi. I just don't want to have a car. If you want to do that, then you could do that. Amen? But if you put that on everybody in the church, then that's what I mean by a discipline can breed legalism. Because you're doing something on the outside and you're putting it on someone else on their life that God is doing with the inside of you, but they would only doing it, be doing it because of the outside. See, that's where religiosity and legalism comes from. Whenever you start doing works and laws and legalism and all those stuff, and it's all for everybody to see on the outside, but it ain't happening on the inside. You got to be careful with that. A little bit of that leaven can really jack up a lump of bread. That's PJJV version. Are you feeling me a little bit on simplify? Just a little bit. Can you taste that a little bit? How many of you could say, I could simplify my life a little bit? Let's, let's, let's keep your hand up for a minute. How many of you say, I could simplify my life a little bit? I, I just pray that you have ears to hear today. I remember when life seemed to be a little more simple. I remember eating Cheerios in the morning. I just think that probably because we were broke, but I just remember my mom and dad, we ate Cheerios. How, did you, anybody else do that? Just Cheerios. Cheerios. I don't even think they had different milk you could put. You just go get milk, man. <laughs> you got bread. It was Wonder Bread, baby. You didn't even have choices. I was getting light bulbs the other day at Home Depot and about getting stressed out. I'm like, what? Man. Do I have to have the internet to pick out a light bulb? Can somebody say simple? Wow. We had a party line at our house. And some of you are young people. You're like, party line. Woo, party. That's not what I'm talking about. A party line is when you use the phone with three or four other neighbors. Somebody say party line. We had a party line. I'd get on the phone and, you know, Miss Gurry be on the line. You got to hang up or unless you're just going to listen to the conversation. Or Miss Logan or whoever, you know, the neighbors. And it's like, if they're on the phone for a long time, you kind of like nicely start clicking the phone, you know. <laughs> you remember the, the rotor? <laughs> it's like, get a clue. We want to use the phone. <laughs> and then you could tell when they gently pick it up and they're listening to your conversation. <laughs> Somebody say party line. I remember when we had like two channels. TV channels. I remember when it was black and white. I'm not even that old. I had one leisure suit. Anybody had a leisure suit? Anybody know what a leisure suit is? 
Somebody say simple. How many of us have things and stuff that we thought would simplify our life, but when you're very honest, be honest, when you're very honest, it hasn't simplified your life, it actually has made it complex. Smartphone, Sharon, just preach that right there. <laughs> Yesterday I had in my notes, because Craig had in his notes, that you will pick up and look at your smartphone or any phone, dumb phone, Sony phone, I don't care. You'll pick up your phone and look at it in one day 110 times. What was very unique is I was watching the news or something last night, and it went from 110 times just this week. It, not, not that it happened in one week, just the, the, the new notification for me. It's not 110 times. You're going to look at your phone 150 times in one day. Somebody say 150 times. That means that you're going to look at your phone four and a half times or more while I'm preaching today. Some of you already did that. They called it last night because they connected it with Valentine's coming up. They called it fubbing. Where you, uh, it's, you, you picking up your phone 150 times and looking at it, it is impacting your relationship with your wife or your husband to some degree. I think Wednesday night, you might, I don't know, consider leaving your phones at home or when you get to dinner, leave it in the car or turn them over. Uh, I don't know. I know if some of you did that, you might go into serious cold turkey withdrawals. It's like, why is my hand doing this? There's nothing in my hand. Cold turkey. Selah. Think about that. Richard E. Bird, after months alone in the barren Arctic, recorded in his journey, I am learning dot, 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 that man can live profoundly without masses of things. We went to the orphanage. All these beautiful kids. I saw one soccer ball. And I think we brought it. And these kids had lots of life, lots of smiles, lots of excitement. They were so pumped to eat two pizzas of pieces of pizza and salad and slaw. Oh, my goodness. I love watching. Y'all, anybody like to watch the Alaskan shows? You know, some of the families, they have their own accent and stuff. It's like, how's that happen, Jimmy? Jimmy, how do you get your own accent? I have their own accent, you know, some of the different, and then, you know, Below Zero, I think it's called Below Zero. I sub below whatever. I like some of those shows because I'm a, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'm going to tell you right now, it would be like, I, I would be one of those dudes, be like, J-O and God in the mountains and I'm good. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just being honest. You ask my wife. I watch Jeremiah Johnson and I have to kind of like, I get wild eyed. <laughs> Huh, Ray? It's like, oh, man, she can feel it coming around August. I just, I have to really watch it because I need the local church. 
Are you feeling me? I need the local church. I do very good whenever it's just me. You'll get that at lunch. Anyway, I think I like the Alaskan shows because they're so outdoorsy and, you know, killing stuff. And, um, yeah. I just was having a conversation with Craig this week. Like, Craig, what would you have done 100 years ago, bro? <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. He's a, he's a wonderful dude. He just has never been hunting. And I said, man, get your, get your license, you know, get, go through the hunting thing. And let's, 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 let's do this thing. Let's, let's go out sometime. Hunt, hunt jail. You go, what? And then I see you at McDonald's. <laughs> and you ain't eating lettuce. No, I, I haven't seen everyone at, at McDonald's. I can only just, somebody's going to McDonald's. If they're serving all that types of, somebody in, in Heart of the City Church going to McDonald's. Come on now. Anyway, I highly encourage you watching. I got to get going here this morning because I barely talked about simplicity and I got solitude to cover with you. I highly encourage you reading the chapter on simplicity. Because it absolutely throat punched me. I told my wife, I said, this is going to be very hard for me to, I, God, please help me. This is very, very, very challenging. Simplicity, simplifying, and it just, it's intentionally simplifying our lives to make room. My personal definition is me personally removing, getting clutter out of the way, distractions, harmful addictions, any of those things that can hinder my relationship with, with Christ. Here's the questions. I got some questions for you. You ready? Do you own stuff or does stuff own you? Just, just let that sink in. Average home has 300,000 items in it. Do you own stuff or does stuff own you? We spend 36 billion on storage units. 36 billion. So 300,000 things in your house is not enough. We're going to spend 36 bill on storage units. Huh, Craig? And I'm not. I'm not slamming Craig. I got those statistics off of Craig. <laughs> Do you own your business or does your business own you? Seriously. Does, does your business own you? You know, I, uh, coming out of the world, I was a bodybuilder and then, you know, I manage a gym. I mean, I was all about a gym, met my wife at a bodybuilding contest, asked her to marry me in the gym, parking lot, yada, yada, yada. And there was a moment, you guys, where I stopped it all because from steroids, I mean, I used to buy my food basic almost on a daily basis. I was broke. It went toward 
food and sometimes steroids. And my whole life was around the gym. And I remember not going to the gym it, gym anymore. Now, I, it made me feel weird to walk by the gym. And I say that because I had to unclutter some things. And it really did something in my life. I go to the gym now, and now, nowadays, I most of the time don't want to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you play the sport? Do you play the sport, or does the sport play you? Do you know the land that you have, the real estate? Do you own the land or does the land own you or does the house own you or you could just keep going on. We think that we own the land. I got news for you. You don't own the land. God owns the land. You may have a little title and put out some shackles, but you don't own the land. God owns the land. Psalms 89, 11, the heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all its fullness, you have founded them. The earth belongs to God. What God is looking for you and I to do in this life is to be good stewards, not owners. Ownership will stress you out. This is the, this is the paradigm change. Ownership, and, and I'm preaching right at myself today. Ownership will stress you out because that means that you got to take care of it. Do you own riches or does riches own you? Listen to some of these scriptures here. Psalm 62, 10. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, look, don't make it the center of your life. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourishes like leaves in spring. Do you know that Jesus kind of waged a war against materialism? And I think sometimes we need to wage a war against it also. He says this, code red, Luke 16, 13. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one, love the other. You will be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Okay? Can't be enslaved to money. Me and you probably need to do the same type of war on materialism, or you could say consumerism, is material money, money, mammon consuming you and I. The average millennial, the average millennial spends 1.8% more than they make. How many of you know that that doesn't add up? Not for very long. I think if you want to fly like an eagle, eagles, 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 oh, yeah. Sorry, Eagles, Eagles won. Eagles, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want to simplify your life, if you want to simplify, sim, you know, simplify your life, if you want to fly, God wants to do something in our hearts in this area of simplify. I just want you to take this away today and just be thinking about it. I know that I have, have definitely been thinking about it. Because if you don't think about it, if you don't do something about it, if you don't intentionally do something, nothing's going to change in your life. But maybe the Holy Spirit is doing something in our lives in the area of Simplify. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Look at that. Where moths eat 
and rust destroys them. And where there are thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, look, there the desires of your heart will be also. Do a treasure hunt right now. Do a treasure hunt in your life. Where is your treasure? Think about it. Do a treasure hunt. Because when you find your treasure, when you find your treasure, you will find your heart. It's not the opposite. It's not find your heart. There you, no, follow your treasure, and it will end up at your heart. So you can look and see what is in your heart, where your treasure is. I believe there is a key to simplicity. There's a key to simplicity. So I want you to take this key today. Jesus spoke of this. He spoke of this right after he said, listen to this, right after Jesus said, you cannot serve uh, two masters, cannot serve. He spoke this out. Listen to this, Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows uh, that you need all these things. But look, seek first. Will you say that with There's certain words in the Christianity world because of church, and we hear all the time, and it may not have that impact because you're used to it. But say this with me. Seek first. Seek first. This is the key. This is the key to simplicity, I believe. One of the keys. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, like I said before that, Jesus was talking about, can you, you, know, you can't serve two masters. So, so let me, here's some questions. Should I sell my business because it's owning me? The author and I say, No. Seek first the kingdom of God. Are you, are you following me? Everyone say, seek first. Should I give all my money away? I would say, no. Seek first and follow Jesus. Follow and obey. Should I divorce? Because that would simplify my life. That's just a no. You don't even have to pray about it. You already made a covenant, okay? Here we go. Should I sell my house and my car and my things, give the poor? Here's the key. Seek first the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. Jesus didn't give the same answer across the counter to everyone. Okay, Jos, if I seek first, do I, do I never do anything with what you're talking about today? That's another no. Because I believe that God wants to lead you. I believe that God wants to direct you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to confirm you. It's God's business, but he wants you to steward it. Come on, you following me? Look at this scripture, Proverbs 5, 23. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of the great foolishness. 
Why do you put that? Because sometimes we do what we do because we're just out. We live out of control. Com consumerism, materialism, all just out of control. If you go to other nations, a lot of, just like Honduras, you'll find out real quick how out of control Americans really are. I'm not trying to beat anyone down. I'm just, it's pretty much a fact. So my, 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 my challenge to you today is seek first in this area of simplifying your life, clothes or jewelry or God wants to, he's given you gifts. He wants you to steward it. He, he may want you to share it. He wants you to honor God with it. But I tell you, he wants you to seek first because if anything, if your pen in your front pocket is possessing you, then it's going to create anxiety and worry and fret and fear in your life. He wants you to seek first. Say that with me. Seek first. The inner transformation leads to outer actions. But it begins on the inside like I was talking about early. God wants to do something on the inside of us and not just works on the outside. So it's a real true true blue deal. The rich young ruler came to Jesus, and in that case, get rid of it all. Now, it's kind of funny that he did that, and not funny, got Jesus to do whatever he wants, but this rich young ruler was seeking eternal life, and you know, I think he interrupted Jesus. I think he was probably arrogant. Oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Okay, sell all you have and come follow me. Jesus loved him, spoke to him, and the dude walked away. He had a lot of stuff, and he didn't want to follow Jesus. What's your point, J.O.? Seek first. The dude did not seek first. And his life stayed absolutely complex. The rich farmer who hoarded, Jesus called him, you, you and I might say, hey, man, you're pretty good steward, man. You're pretty good prudent. You, hoard, you know, hoarding all that. Jesus called him a fool. Seek first. Are you following me? Matthew 13, 45 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had bought, he had and bought in. You know, sometimes I might preach a scripture or a sermon that sounds radical, but really what it is is just Christianity. It really is. All in, to be all in, it's it's. That's, that's the gospel, man. That's right. To sell out, to buy in, that, that's just Jesus 101. It may sound radical. It, that's just Bible. How can you simplify? How can we simplify? I wanted to give you just a couple of thoughts. You might want to give stuff away. You might want to share you might want to sell something. You might want to simplify. Matthew 16, 26. For what profit is it a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man gain, give in exchange for his soul? Everyone say simplify. simplify. 
now I have less than two minutes to talk about solitude. <laughs> it's not fair. Simplify. Simplify. Maybe you should drive the vehicle till it's stinking wore out. I don't know. I'm not, I don't, what, I, what, what I don't want to do is put stuff on you. I want to give you thoughts of what Simplify may do in your life so that we don't have to live anxious and cluttered and fearful and ownership and possess, possessing, not letting anything possess us. Amen. Amen. Solitude. I've been practicing solitude, I guess, since last spring. Maybe a year. I have three or four on my calendar. Matter of fact, I asked Dr. Ryan. I just texted him the other day. Hey, man. And I talked to Dalen Gunn also. Hey, can I maybe use one of y'all's places out there in the country to do some solitude times? It's different in the wintertime here. You know what I'm saying? It's, one thing is solitude in the summer is different than when it's winter. Solitude is not loneliness. Okay? You got you to gotta hear that. The definition of solitude is a state or situation of being alone. I understand that definition, but I would argue with it. It's not about loneliness, okay? Because I'm not going out in solitude to be really lonely. I want to neglect all the rest of the world, people, and everything around me so, I, so not to ne neglect my relationship with God. Does that make sense? Okay. You may say, J.O., is uh, solitude like an app we get on the phone? Because it's so stinking foreign. Who's going to go somewhere and spend a day or two days or two nights all by themselves? What? Noise, hassle, running, noise, noise, hassle, hurrying, way overrated. Solitude, way underrated. Do you know that Jesus birthed his ministry in 40 days of solitude? Are y'all with me? Do you know that he chose 12 disciples from a place of solitude? Do you know that after he fed the 5,000 miraculous, that he got away to a quiet place? Solid, uh, Moses, solitude. Elijah, solitude. Man, this thing is, it's not America. But it's absolutely Jesus and Bible. And I would say, don't knock it till you try it. Because it's very much impacted my life. And I look forward to times of solitude. Solitude, I mean, JR, I got a mobile phone in my pocket. I mean, I get text on my watch. I got earbuds right here. Uh, self, email, messenger, voicemail, Twitter, Slack, Snapchat, Instagram, Foxer. Why would I need solitude? Exactly. How do we even hear God? Usually when we get busy, busy, busy in life, feel me. Some of you are young, you're going you're gonna to be faced with this. Usually when we get busy, 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 busy in life, you know what it breeds? More busy, 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 busy. And then all of a sudden we're just busy, 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 busy. 
And it breeds more busy, busy, busy. And then we just get adrenaline and busy and adrenaline and busy. And we're just busy, 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 busy. And then before you know it, you're running on empty. And before you know it, you're an emotional basket cake. You're bankrupt. You're mentally jacked up. Tote. Why? Because if you don't fill yourself back up after you are spilling yourself out, at the end of the day, at some time, it catches up with you. Can someone say solitude? And you might think you're high and mighty and it won't impact you. It's impacted me. It's, it's impacted me. Mark 6, 31 through 32. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. How many of you remember this? In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour I wait only for you because I want to know you, Lord. How many of y'all remember that old school song? Listen, Solitude is not the end all. Solitude is a place that you unclutter so that you can get closer to him. All the, dis all the disciplines that we're talking about, you guys, is about how can we draw closer? How can we know your face, God? How can we know you more? I tell you what, I made up a, a word that doesn't surprise some of you, but I made up, I do that. I figured Webster did it. I can do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Solitude. My soul needs, my soul will catch an attitude. Does your emotions ever catch an attitude? My soul will catch an attitude, man. I'll catch a dude. And what's really good for my soul is solitude. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Sometimes I got to do like Psalms 103. I got to remind myself of the benefits of walking with God who heals all my diseases, who forgives all my sins, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, and he renews my strength like an eagle. But sometimes I'm so busy, I can't even get to a place of hearing that. Solitude. Simplify so that you can fly in solitude. I've dealt with anxiety and fears and compulsions and sabotaging thoughts, feelings that are attached throughout years of my life. And I can tell you, those are always warnings for me. J.O., you better start doing something different. And I could go through a list, prayer and silence. We didn't even talk about silence, Greg. That's a whole nother. I've not done a day of silence yet. Uh, I'm thinking about do that. I know there's been. Anybody ever done a retreat, pure silence? I haven't, so I can't raise my hand. If you've done a retreat, pure silence, would you raise your hand? You have in the back? God bless you. That's wonderful. I've been thinking about doing that, but... Uh, I've not done that, but worship and music and quiet and rest and meditating on the word of God, all those things. And I tell you what, 
what's really impacted me is solitude. Let me give you some thoughts on solitude and then we're gonna be done. How can you, how could you apply solitude to your life? Simplify, I think you need to seek first the kingdom of God. Solitude, here's some thoughts. Solitude when you first wake up. Sometimes you don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to go overnight somewhere. You don't have to go to a motel or a cabin. But you can have solitude right when you first wake up. I'm trying to practice that right now, just right in that moment when I wake up. Solitude. Solitude with your Bible and some coffee. Solitude in your car instead of, I'm convicted quite often about this, instead of blasting my, my, my ro- rate rodeo, my radio, or your rodeo, if you do that, I don't know. My radio or DVD, solitude in my car. I like the solitude, and it just is what it is on my motorcycle. Just, just to hear a motor, solitude. Consider this, an overnighter or two. I like to do two nights. Two nights of, first of all, it takes me a while just to chill down. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I just have to chill down and then I can kind of like get into my father's lap and just chill, solitude. Oh, 